0: Think more than two dimensions in case you tightrope rope Louisa's tension. I'll
1: be here. Good Sunday morning to you. This is Get Your Love on Radio here on Remnant Radio 100.1 FM. What a glorious Sunday morning it is. And thank you so much for being here. My name is Julie Bueller. Uh, so excited for today's show. We are coming up on our one year anniversary. And what a year it has been! <laughs> For so many reasons and so many wonderful reasons, and it's really important to recognize how God works and to thank Him for His ways and to understand that we get to align ourselves with God Almighty. And as we do that, we will see our lives become just a glorious adventure. And that's what we're here to do on this show, is to help each one of us align ourselves with God Almighty. And to do so, we want to get in our word and we want to know our word, the, the Holy Bible. The King James Version of the Bible is the one we use here on this radio show. It is the most accurate. It is the m- It is the closest to the original translations, and so we stick to that here on this show, and I hope you enjoy that as well. We'd love to welcome our listeners from the Bronx, New York, to Bellingham, Washington. Welcome our listeners in Irving, Texas, and all across Texas, actually. Michigan, Tennessee, Virginia, and all the way up to Alaska. Welcome to all those in this great nation of the United States, and also Europe, Asia and Australia. This show is dedicated to the family of faith around the globe. And so we love all the regions this show reaches, the different cultures, backgrounds, and the variety of very unique and special individuals. God Almighty is a God to each one of us individually, according to our unique personality. And no matter where you are, no matter what the culture, the background, Family life, home life, or beyond, we all need a special kind of wisdom from God to live in the love, joy, peace, and courage of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a term, it's called street smarts. Not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's that perfect wisdom and discernment to stay five steps ahead of the enemy or competition. And be victorious no matter what it looks like. To stand victorious with great confidence. That's what Street Smarts gives us is that incredible confidence that we are indeed victorious no matter what it looks like. It's kind of an instinct to know what to do, when to do it, and again, how to be victorious in all circumstances. And that comes from God Almighty. You know, Jesus Christ of Nazareth was the most street smart person to ever walk the planet. And through the Holy Spirit, we can also have that incredible wisdom and discernment to know exactly what to do, when to do it, and how God delivers the victory to us through it. It's so exciting. So today's show, we're going to get into that. And we have some wonderful knowledge to strengthen us and encourage our faith, each of our individual walks, and our stances for righteousness. Why is this so important? Is because the more we stand for righteousness, the more those who also want that in their life will know exactly where to go And how to ask for that. It's such an important example for all those around us in our individual lives. And in 1 Peter 3.15, it says very clearly, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, very personal, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear that's right it's through that meekness that gentleness that that tenderness and the fear the f- awesome respect of God almighty that awesome reverence and appreciation of eternal life that is through the name Jesus Christ that awesome appreciation we get to understand and it's very personal it's very individual that we can offer that hope that lies within us, to anyone that asks for us. That God is your God. He's yours. He works for you. He gives you the battle. It isn't a broad term. It's very specific. It's very individual. And it is so very wonderful, isn't it? (laughs) That we also get to offer that hope to anybody that asks us. And that is a key. That Peter lays out here that we need to be able to answer every man that asks. And that's important because Christ also said in Matthew 7, verse 6, He said, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. So that word holy in the Greek, means something that's been sanctified, consecrated, and it means the one. You know, again, God is very specific and he's very individual. And when we are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we are the temple of the living God. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And and we are the one to carry it, we are the one with our own unique personality, with our own unique background, with our own unique understanding and wisdom before God Almighty. so yes, we don't want to give that out just to anybody, just to the the common uh, anyone that that wouldn't appreciate that and and neither cast your pearls before swine, there are consequences, Christ said that they will not only trample those pearls, those great gifts of wisdom from God Almighty, that they trample them and destroy them, but also that they come after you. So again, there's a reason God wants us to have great wisdom and discernment so that we can not only answer for the hope that lies within us and give that great hope out to those that want it, he also wants us to have that great wisdom and discernment to know when not to engage. Christ was so good at that. He was, he, you know, he's our example for all things. And so, of course, he was so good about knowing how to give a great answer and then also how to literally be taken out of a situation. So we're going to hear from our wonderful brother, Bob, who was a man that, Was so uniquely trained of God Almighty. Before he was saved, he trained commandos for World War II. So, talk about street smarts. Talk about a unique training from God Almighty. That's what our wonderful friend, Brother Bob, a true apostle of God, received. And then the Lord brought him into the ministry. And he used that same wisdom and discernment incredibly well and teaches us. And so, we'll hear that today also. So, the Lord had me look up this scripture, Matthew 7, 6, where it says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. So let's talk about those pearls, because they are, they refer to the great wisdom of God. His revelations to you, again, very personal, it's very individual. These are your pearls it 's not cast not pearls or the pearls, but these are your pearls couple really interesting facts about pearls number one uh, they start as an irritant to the oyster <laughs> or the mollusk um, it's not a welcomed event it 's not like it happens oh, this is lovely yes let 's create pearls no, it starts as an irritant but it's something the oyster actually needs to defend itself against. So if you have something coming against you right now, and if you're having maybe to correct some things in your life, and it feels like an irritant, well, just say, Lord, I know this is building a pearl of wisdom. Show me how. Lord, I know this is going to reap great benefits. Show me how. Because those are the pearls. They may start as a little irritant, but they they build layer upon layer. And that's the second point about this beautiful scripture and the beautiful pearls of wisdom that God gives us. They do, in fact, grow layer by layer. It's not a poof, oh, here's a pearl. Nope. Now, sometimes, of course, the Lord can quicken us. Through the Holy Spirit, we can be quickened immediately. And boom, wow, the Lord gives us incredible wisdom in the blink of an eye. That does happen. More often, though, the Lord builds layer layer upon layer. That's how he builds a soul. Baptism is so important. We've taught about it many times on this radio show. So go back, go to getyourloveon.org and reference that Bible study on Bible water baptism. It's so good. And the reason it's so important and the reason God wants it for us is it washes that past away so then God can build layer upon holy layer. Now, it's a little tough to build properly if there's debris on that pearl, right? That layer is going to be a little less than perfect. So again, that's why we want to wash away that past and begin building all of our holy knowledge, all of our knowledge of God on a clean slate so that layer upon layer is perfect. And it's beautiful. And that's how we get our pearls. So again, go to getyourloveon.org for more of that wonderful teaching on Bible water baptism and then yeah layer by layer we grow experience by experience faith to faith and glory to glory God builds that wisdom and knowledge of him in each one of us those pearls mature it takes time and through our faith and through our patience we will have a great abundance of those pearls of wisdom it's a wonderful thing it's also important to realize that No two pearls are the same. And just like no two human souls are the same, we're each individuals. We're not going to grow the same way or be sculpted by God the same way. We get to be gracious with each other and know that while Christ was very specific and very personal, these are your individual pearls. They belong to you, a gift from God Almighty straight to your soul. So protect them with everything you have with every bit of intensity with every with every bit of intention that you is in your soul protect those pearls and know where they come from and understand their value and as we do oh wow then the lord gives us that perfect wisdom and understanding to give them out as he sees fit another interesting point about pearls that i thought was so pre- precious in my research of this is Unlike gemstones, now, back in Christ's day, pearls were considered the queen of all gemstones. They were incredibly rare. We'll get to that in a second. Incredibly rare. But also another distinction from other gemstones is pearls come out ready to be used. They don't need polishing. They are perfectly polished in that mollusk, in that process of God, in that layer upon layer building. They don't need to be shaped or cut. They've been perfectly built. (laughs) by the hand of God. And that's the same thing with these pearls of wisdom from God. They are the perfect preparation in our soul to be ready for any and every challenge that we might face. God prepares us with great love, with great patience, with great graciousness. He prepares us perfectly for each challenge that we'll face. So be confident in that. Be confident in in God's preparation of your soul. Once we're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we can be sure that, man, we are moving forward in the grace of God, in the love of God. So if that if you haven't been baptized yet by Holy Hands and you don't have the Holy Spirit, and again, all of uh, we have all this beautiful teaching in depth. I'm kind of kind of giving you a little hint here, but we have it in depth on getyourloveon.org. So please avail yourself of the website and check it out. We have tremendous teaching there, um, teaching on the Holy Spirit, how to know you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how to be baptized, how to know your baptism is exactly as God instructs. It's beautiful and very precise wisdom. So again, go to getyourloveon.org for all of that deeper information on those topics. But God does ready us perfectly. So stand confident in that. Another really cool fact about pearls and why this scripture is so rich so rich with wonderful instruction for us is that people would dive to the bottom of the ocean, and many times they had to have ropes tied around their waist. They would dive to the bottom of the ocean, obviously, to retrieve these oysters. And in a one ton haul of, of oysters, in one ton, that's 2,000 pounds, one ton, maybe one or two oysters had a perfect pearl in them. Isn't that incredible? So you, understand that uh, danger involved diving to the to the bottom of the ocean and scooping up these oysters. And it took a ton to get to one oyster. That's how rare they were. That's why they were considered some of the most precious Things on the face of the planet. In fact, there were some Roman soldiers, uh, Roman, I should say, military leaders that financed an entire military campaign with one pearl earring. That's how rare they were. That's how precious they were. That's how valuable pearls were. And so when Christ says, cast not your pearls before swine, God gives us in abundance. He does. He didn't say, cast not your pearl. Not one. No, God gives us this incredibly rich, valuable wisdom in abundance as we seek him, as we read our word, as we have our nose in the one book that teaches us true street smarts, the Holy Bible. That's right. Also, if you want those pearls, guess what? It does require diving deep into the water of the word. So we get to do that. Isn't that precious? You know, there were times in human history where the word of God was not readily available, certainly not translated into different languages. It was, it was translated into one. And at various times in human history, there was one Bible for an entire town. Now we are richly blessed with this, with this radio show and, and what we're going to hear today from a true apostle and true ministers of God who dug out the word dug out this wisdom from the word with great love. So yes, these pearls are incredibly valuable. And again, Christ said, pearls, plural, they are yours. Again, it's personal, it's individual, and God gives us in great abundance. And and pearls were reserved specifically for royalty and nobles. In fact, there were actual laws that said if you weren't royalty, you couldn't wear pearls. Pearls. So that's again the, the incredible specificity of God when He says, cast not your pearls. These are incredibly rare gifts. They are designed for nobles and royalty. So that's who we are in God's eyes. And 1 Peter 2:9 outlines that beautifully. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So if you feel peculiar, you're in good company, friend, certainly. And I love that about the Lord, that he, he accepts each one of our unique individual personalities and that he expects that of us. And that is what makes us that royal priesthood and that unique Uh, perfectly formed body of Christ is that it is individual and it is for each one of us to, to learn of God, to seek his wisdom, to seek out this abundant, this marvelous light, as he says. So yes, we are called out of the darkness and we do walk in the light. And as Christ said, you know, again, cast not your pearls before the swine, lest they turn and rend you. And I think that's so incredible that not only does this scripture outline the abundant gifts that God bestows upon each one of us, it also outlines that there are consequences to not having that discernment, to not being able to tell the difference between swine and the, those that are seeking the, the answer of hope that lies within you. So there's a great difference there. And there are those consequences to not having discernment. I think we're seeing a lot of that right now in this country, the U.S., and of course, internationally. The good news is we have access to God's great wisdom and God's great discernment. And it says in the word, he knows the thoughts of and intents of the hearts. God goes straight to the heart of the matter. Boom. None of this obfuscation, which means creating confusion and, and uh, smoke and mirrors, none of that. God goes straight to the heart of the matter. And as we learn of him, we get that same thing. and And the Lord will give you that wisdom and lay it down in your soul so that when there is someone in front of you that does want that answer of hope that lies within you, you'll know immediately to share it. You'll have those answers. It's a wonderful thing to be led of the Holy Spirit. So we need to use discernment to know the difference between those swine and those who need to hear the word of the Lord. couple references in the word to Matthew 7, 6. In Proverbs 23, 9, it says, speak not in the ear of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Isn't that interesting? I think we've all been there. Look, there's just some people, they, they don't want the truth. They just don't want the truth. They want to live in their own little reality, and their own little lies that they've constructed. And that's reality. So know this. Our our eyes are getting wide open. That's what street smarts is, is knowing that, look, reality is there's some people, they don't want the truth. So keep walking. Just keep marching forward. Proverbs 9, 8, it goes further. It actually says, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man. And he will love thee. Isn't that interesting? The difference there? Very, very different. Now, the Hebrew meaning of the word scorner, that's not a word that's used commonly in English vernacular nowadays. It's really interesting when we take the time to study the word and we look up the Hebrew or Greek meaning of these words. This one is fascinating. It means to make mouths. Hmm. It's it's interesting. To scoff. It means to interpret, have in derision, to make a mock, mocker, teacher. Isn't that interesting? A scorner in Proverbs 9, 8. Not only do they themselves mock and arrogantly, quote, interpret to cause derision. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) We're seeing this right now. I love the word. It's so current. It's so good. Proverbs had these guys nailed thousands of years ago. Isn't that cool? Yeah. A scorner, not only are they themselves these arrogant mockers, but they teach others to be the same. They encourage others to do the same. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of that. So mark them. Know it. Eyes wide open. Don't be naive. These people are out there in abundance. And the scripture says, you know what? Reprove not a scorner because um, he's just going to hate you. But you know a wise man? Because he will love that reproof, that correction. That's a big difference. And according to this scripture, there's drastic outcomes solely based on the character of the person that we're talking to. So again, underlining the importance of that discernment to be able to know how to operate, who to talk to, who to share those pearls of wisdom with. Ask God for it. He'll give it to us. When we ask God for discernment, for wisdom, for that love, joy, and peace, man, he pours out in abundance. So just say, Lord, I want more of your discernment. Now the Hebrew meaning of reprove, this is really interesting too. It means to chastise, to instruct, to correct. So there's a big difference because as true sincere Christians we not only accept that reproof that correction or that chastisement sometimes again to get those pearls of wisdom it starts with an irritant (laughs) so sometimes that that correction comes hot and heavy and you're going whoa whoa I don't know what to do with this okay just ask the Lord Lord I know this is creating pearls of wisdom show me how as true, sincere Christians, we value that. We know that it might start as uncomfortable to our flesh, but it results in great pearls of wisdom. So there's a big difference. Hebrews 12, 6, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. God wants us on that straight, and narrow path. And he understands that the flesh gets our eyeballs going in a thousand different directions. Gets our attention in a hundred different directions. And God, so he straightens that path for us. He goes, nope, get it back over here. Come on over. Get back on that straight and narrow. Let's stay focused here. In verse 8, this is Hebrews 12, verse 8 it says, But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. So once someone goes so far away from God that they won't hear That correction of God. They won't hear that chastisement. Then God just says, okay, go ahead. My hand is removed from you. Go ahead. That's what we're looking at right now. So, again, eyes wide open. Jesus Christ, this word gives us perfect street smarts to know exactly what's going on. So, when we go out for the day, whether it's in our work, um, our social life, whether it's in our volunteer life, whether it's uh, within our, our, our faith life, our Christian fellowship, we get to have perfect discernment to understand when, when we get that correction from God, when we get that chastisement, that it's a good thing, that it's a wonderful thing, that it's that first step to a beautiful pearl of wisdom, and also that, that those that do not want that, well, it's time to leave off then. And it's time to march forward in the wisdom of God for ourselves. Don't you love how an interestingly specific God is for each one of us that want this knowledge and wisdom? It's awesome. Back to Proverbs 9. Again, we get this beautiful contrast. It says, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Cool. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. That's right. Another scripture says, always, always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Well, a just man will increase in learning, go to build that layer upon layer to end up with great pearls of wisdom. In verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So in order to get this wisdom, it starts with that, again, awesome reverence of God. Isn't that incredible? What a difference. That's why instruction from the Lord is so valuable. It's those layers that build that wisdom in each of us. So let's run to it. Let's get after those pearls. Let's get after that wisdom. Let's get after that discernment. Let's get really wise according to the knowledge of God. Because that knowledge of the holy, that is understanding. That's what gives us that perfect clarity of mind to walk into any situation, any room, and just say, yep, 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 I got a beat on all these characters. I know who I can talk to. I know who I can uh, align myself with. And I know exactly who not to engage with. And again, we'll hear from Christ himself, and and our wonderful brother Bob teaches on that beautiful discernment from God Almighty. So again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that's an awesome respect and reverence for God Almighty, and that is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want street smarts, if you want wisdom and discernment to know in a moment who you're dealing with. And most importantly, how to be victorious. Start with the fear of God and knowledge of the holy. And again, run to that with all haste, with all your intensity, with all your dedication. Because as we do that, again, it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. God will give us everything else. I was telling my niece just yesterday, I I was just thanking the Lord for some blessings that he's given me. And I said, you know, it's one thing to have these blessings, but I I didn't chase them. God gave them to me. He just, here you go, my beloved daughter. Here you go. These are your blessings. There wasn't a pursuit of these worldly blessings. My pursuit is God and he adds all these things. So yes, Lord, thank you for these wonderful blessings that you gave to me. Those, those pearls. So let's see how the apostles ministered the word, because, of course, that is our our primary charge on this planet, is to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in Nazareth. So let's see about how the apostles did that in the midst of scorners. The apostles not only changed lives forever by offering that love, that hope, and that faith through the name of Jesus Christ they also deftly handled the scorners. So let's go to Acts 13. It's an awesome chapter. So I encourage you to spend some time reading this and reviewing it and ask the Lord to give you perfect understanding of the sights, the sounds, the smells of this day and age and increase uh, our, our the scope of our understanding of these scriptures. Because Acts 13 is wonderful. It's actually how the church was meant to run by the Holy Spirit, not by some, not by man's mind, not by some board or voting apparatus. Nope. The church was meant to run by the Holy Spirit, and it does so in Acts 13. So check it out. You'll see that more and more too. Now, Apostle Paul and fellow ministers. In Acts 13, we're going to go down to verse 15. Um, They were in the synagogue, and it was asked back in verse 15 that after, it says, And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, this is verse 16, and beckoning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. Isn't that incredible? So it's important to recognize here first the invitation was offered. First there was an invitation to offer the wisdom of God. okay so Paul took it. Yes, bless God for that. I love his boldness and I love that he's willing to yep okay I've got I've got a message here. but key in on this too because he also asked for certain people to give ear. and Christ did that all the time too. He that hath an ear let him hear. That's a real key. Okay, let's go on. Now, throughout this chapter, between verse 17 and we're going to jump down to verse 42, Paul outlines the great work of God that it was to deliver Jesus Christ. And he actually goes back to the Old Testament and outlines it because, again, he's speaking to Jews. And so he he put Jesus Christ in the context that they could understand. It was very, It's very beautiful. Um, he also outlined that Christ was rejected of the religious people and very much beloved of common people, and granted that eternal life to those that would believe. So again, go back and do yourself a favor and read all this slowly and and in the peace of your own home. Uh, share it with your children. It's high adventure, but we'll skip down to verse 42. After Paul exhorts the Jews, in verse 42 it says, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue the gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next sabbath so wow the the holy you know the message of jesus christ is starting to spill out that love is starting to go out into all nations from the jews into the gentiles as well and they wanted to hear it so yes paul was he was ready to give to those that wanted to hear it it says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So so the Jews as well were were instructed. And, and in the next Sabbath, this is verse 44, the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. This is so wonderful and exciting. People are receiving it and, and joyfully doing so. It says verse forty five. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Remember the definition of the word scorners? To interpret? They were contradicting. They were ah oh, he doesn't know what that's talking about. You're going to hear more of that from Brother Bob. In just a couple moments, then Paul and Barnabas Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Those that don't want to accept Christ are deeming themselves unworthy of everlasting life. And Paul is saying, we are now turning to those that want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care what anyone's background is, uh, history, race, creed, color doesn't care at all. God cares about the heart of the matter. God cares about whether or not a soul is waking up and praising him, whether or not a soul is saying, Lord, I want to know more about you. That's what God cares about. He doesn't care about, he's, God is not a religious God. (laughs) He's a wondrous God, but there's no religion in him. It actually says True religion and undefiled is this, to visit the fathers and the widows in their time of affliction. I'm quoting that off the top of my head. Um, Later in the show, I can get the scripture for you. But it has nothing to do with the form and ritual of a glass building or a big, big cathedral. That's not God. That's man's mind that does that. So it's really important for us to recognize there's a great difference and a great distinction. And that's what Paul is saying here. God is way bigger than any religion. The Jews had their religion, but they didn't have salvation. And in fact, they were trying to turn away those from the salvation of Jesus Christ in Nazareth. And in verse 48, this is really important. And when the Gentiles heard this, that Paul declared that we will teach you the gospel, the good news, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. So those scorners tried to stop Paul and Barnabas. Didn't work. No, in fact, it went the opposite direction of what the scorners were hoping to achieve. Uh, The word of the Lord is published throughout all the region. So again, there's no stopping God. (laughs) I recommend we get in line with him. That's my that's my soul's declaration. Lord, I am lining up with you because he is eternally victorious. And I want that, too. So, yeah, I want God's great pearls of wisdom. I don't care what my flesh endures to get them. Don't care. Why should I? Great pearls of wisdom are so much more valuable than anything our flesh has to endure. You know, Apostle Paul says the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So when you know that, when you believe that, anything in this life is just like, eh, whatever, water off a duck's back. So as we trust God, we can know that he knows exactly who are his. And again, you'll hear more about this from our wonderful brother, Bob. We have a couple messages from him that are outstanding. Uh, And they were recorded a few decades ago, but when you listen to them, you're going to be like, wow, that sound, it's so current. It's so awesome. God's so wonderful. Uh, You're going to hear it go, really? That was recorded a few decades ago? Wow. They're so current. But we'll learn more about this uh, from Brother Bob. But here we go. Let's get back to Acts 13. Um, So now the word of the Lord is published throughout all the nations. That's verse 49. Verse 50. Here we go. It says, But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. Wow. So again, that definition of the word scorner, not only were they the mockers and are they causing derision, but they're recruiting others to do the same that definition to make mouths yeah they're recruiting others they are teachers of the scorning they are teachers of this derision can you believe it i mean we're seeing this so much through the united states of america throughout throughout the whole world the key is to stick to the word of god and to allow the word of god to be our example to get our wisdom and our discernment from the word of god because We're still talking about what Paul and Barnabas are doing today. We're not talking about what those scorners accomplished because they didn't accomplish anything. So let's line up with the word of God. Let's march forward in this wisdom and this discernment and this instruction and we'll be victorious. It's, It's using the discernment that God gives us that will allow that victory to blossom in our life. And in verse 51, so verse 50, the Jews are stirring up all these seemingly devout and honorable individuals. They stirred them up and they cast them out of it. The, they expelled them out of their coasts. And in verse 51, here's how Paul and Barnabas reacted. This is so precious. And I love this. And we can take this on the same uh, personality trait. We can take this on too. It says, but they shook off the dust of their feet against them. And came to Iconium. (laughs) Yeah, they were just like, well, you know what? Water off a duck's back, shook off the dust off their feet against them. Again, those individuals that did that accomplished nothing. Here we go, though, in verse 52, what did the disciples, what did Apostle Paul and Barnabas accomplish? It said in verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So Paul and Barnabas brought forth more joy and, and the Holy Ghost for these disciples and that strengthening power and that incredible work of the Lord. That's what they accomplished. So as we learn the word of the Lord, as we learn and read our Bible, we'll have those same, that same strength to wipe the dust off, the, off our feet, so to speak, and just keep marching forward and bring forth joy. Wherever we go, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to have? (laughs) Wherever we go, we get to bring forth joy. I love that. Thank you, Lord, for this. So yeah, the apostles simply left and went to another city. So what's the big deal if we have to make adjustments in our lives to retain that peace and that love and joy of Jesus Christ? What is it? Nothing. It's shaking the dust off our feet. So let's remember that. As we retain our number one love as God Almighty, this becomes very easy. And it's just that simple. When God Almighty is our first love, all of these dynamics, seeking him for wisdom, seeking him for for discernment, receiving God's pearls of wisdom and gifts, receiving that, it becomes very easy because we trust God. With that love affair that we have for him, with him, and he with us, we trust it. And then adjusting to any given circumstance, whether that's standing for righteousness, whether that's being in, invited and emboldened to minister the gospel, the good news, or whether that's simply retaining our pearls of wisdom for our own selves and for our family and for our, our close-knit community and our, those in the body of Christ that closely surround us. We will be guided by God Almighty in great wisdom. So a message on the first and great commandment. The first and great commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy strength, and all thy might. And we have a wonderful message here from Brother Bob on the first and great commandment. Now, again, last week we heard a little bit about his testimony where he got his incredible street smarts. Training commandos for war. He raised the dead. He won souls in the remote Mexican jungles where his life was regularly in peril. But God gave him those pearls of wisdom to achieve all that. And he shares those pearls with us today. Now, again, this was recorded a few decades ago. I don't think you're going to I think you're going to be amazed at how current it is because this man's love was so incredible He loved God with all his heart, mind, and soul, and he loved each individual, and you're going to hear that as well today. This message helps us understand how to love God with a greater understanding, and as we do that, the knowledge of the holy, that understanding of God, leads us to greater understanding of the times we're in right now. So you're going to hear how he encourages us to love, to love God, to love one another, and to reap those incredible rewards Not in a religious way, but just pure love. Here's our wonderful friend, Brother Bob.
2: Today I have a very special message for you. It's a subject that you very seldom ever hear preached, if ever at all, in your churches or on television. It is the great and first commandment of God to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and your neighbor as yourself. Now to love your neighbor is not being religious. You don't have to be religious to love God and your neighbor. All you have to do is have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I'm going to start today in the first general epistle of John in the back of your Bible, chapter one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Now John was talking about Jesus here. He said, That which was from the beginning we have heard, they have heard the word, which we have seen with our eyes, that was Jesus in the flesh, which we have looked upon and handled with our hands, that was the body of Christ in the flesh. Today, the word of God is this Bible. This is the true Word of God. I prefer the King James Version myself because it seems that I have a better understanding from it than from any of the other versions. It says, for the life was manifested and we have seen it, speaking of Jesus, and bear witness. Now John says, I am a witness to the Word of God manifested in the flesh. And in another place he said, he that confesses that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is of God. He that will confess not that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is an antichrist and is not of God. Now, that same spirit of Christ is within us today in the form of the Holy Spirit. I confess that Jesus Christ, or Christ within, my hope of glory is within me this day. I am a witness to that. And this is the witness you must have when you stand before God on judgment day or when the rapture takes place. All right, let's go a little further. He said he bore witness and he said, We show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us in the form of Jesus. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Folks, today this fellowship is what the gospel is all about. Your fellowship with God's people and with Jesus Christ himself and with his Father through the Spirit or through the Word. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Do you know that's the second? It is, joy is the second spiritual gift of God. Love, joy, and peace are the first three. I will be ministering on those in a later telecast. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. God is also a consuming fire and God also is love. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light or the knowledge of the word, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you notice He said, we walk in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Who's He talking about there? Let me give you a demonstration. I have many friends, many, many wonderful friends, and I go to their stores and to their businesses, and we have fellowship one with the other because we love one another. We never have an argument. We have nothing to argue about. We don't argue about religion, because we don't have religion, we have salvation. You can stand and argue about religion all day long, it won't do you a bit of good. But you start talking and telling one another what good things Jesus has done for you, that is the fellowship of God, one with the other. That is showing the love of God, one toward the other. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why you have to repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, many people say you have to confess your sin to a man. No, you don't. He means you confess your sin to God in private. Don't ever be foolish enough to confess any of your past to a member of your church or anybody else. That's just between you and God. That is not necessary for you to go tell all the evil things that you did back there before you were converted or even now, even if you aren't converted. You tell it to the Lord and confess it to Him out on a stump somewhere, out in private or in your back room or wherever you can get in private. That's the place to confess your sin to God. So don't go telling anybody in the natural about any of your sins. The Bible doesn't say to confess your sins to man. It does say, confess your faults one to another, but not your sin. Because once Jesus buries that sin, you've confessed it to him, he's buried it in water baptism, you never have to think about it again. That's the end of it, folks. It's just that easy. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. Now he's gonna tell you in the next verses how not to sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You see right there it says if we, have any, if we have any sin, we have an advocate or a mediator between God and man, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. So confess your sin to him and leave it with him and tell it to nobody else ever again. That's the end of it. That's the kind of God we are serving today. You're not serving an unrighteous God, one that you can't talk to, one that can't hear you. So you folk that want to get right with the Lord and stay right, you just do what I'm telling you today and you will make it fine because you'll feel the love and the joy and the peace in your soul, in your heart, and in your mind. It says, And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now there's only one unpardonable sin, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, or blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, This is put in the book. And that is attributing the works of God to the devil. That's the only unpardonable sin. Some of you folk out there have written me and said, well, Reverend Taylor, I've sinned so much, I don't know whether God will ever forgive me. Well, who is forgiven much, loves him much. I was forgiven much, so I love him very much. But my sin remains no more. I'm not reminded of it anymore. God took it away once and for all. And I've been free now for 32 years. This is the message I want you people to understand and know that you can and you will and you shall be free by the hearing of the word. All right, let's go a little further. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. You know, his commandments aren't grievous. They're easy to keep. Some ministers get up and say it's hard to serve God. It's the most easy thing in the world. It's hard if you listen to false prophets and to false teachers that tell you that you can't be free of sin, but God's book says you can. I've been free of sin for 32 years. I've made some mistakes, but I just turned around and said, Lord, forgive me, and that was the end of it. I'm not gonna say you won't make some mistakes after you're converted. One man come to me and said, Reverend Taylor, I don't think I can serve God. I'd be making too many mistakes. I said, well, All you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me and go on. The man took my word, he's still serving the Lord today. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Mm -hmm. Listen to this now. If you keep his word, the love of God makes you perfect. There's an old saying out there, no man's perfect. Oh yes, God commands us to be perfect. He says, be ye perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Folks, you can be made perfect, not in a religious way, but in a salvation way. When you receive true salvation, the Holy Spirit, then you become perfect in the sight of God. He that saith he abideth in him ought also himself to walk as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, all the darkness of this world is past, the evil of the mind and so on. And the true light now shines, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ in your mind, body, soul and spirit. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness until now. Folks, if any of you have aught against anybody or hate anybody, repent of it now and ask the Lord to take it away and put love there for them instead of the hate. I'll tell you one thing. Your heart will beat much slower and you'll be much more contented. Uh huh. You'll feel the spirit of the Lord come upon you. You'll feel a good feeling and the love of God come into your soul. He that loveth his brother abides in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. Now, who is your brother? Who is your brother? He's the man that runs the hardware store, the coffee shop, the service station, your next door neighbor, me. I'd make a lot of you folks a real brother out there, because I really love you as a brother. All you people out there, I love you as a brother. And I have to say that before God. And I'm going to have to give account for what I say. So I can't lie to you on television. I really do love you. I do care about you. If I didn't care, I've got an easy way of making a living. I don't have to be a, a television minister. That's hard work. It's very hard work. It's very demanding. But I do love you. And because I love you, this is why I want you to hear the word of God right from his book. This is the source right here. If any of you have an old Bible that hasn't been opened for a while, go dust it off. Start reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the Epistles of John. It's terrific. You'll be surprised how fast you'll gain favor in the sight of God and man. You'll be surprised how fast your personality will change without being religious about it, just between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Instead of picking up a magazine tonight, go open your Bible and read a ways. Just read a little way. Ask the Lord to open up the knowledge of the scripture to you. Ask him to give you a perfect understanding. Ask him to give you love and joy and peace. Ask him to bring your family back together. hmm If you're on the outs with your wife or your husband, God will fix it for you. He'll bring that love that can be felt into your home and into your soul. This is what God wants his people to do. This is the way God wants you to be. He wants you to be free and happy. He wants you to be perfect in his sight. He wants you to prosper and be in physical health and have your soul prosper at the same time. Listen to this now, folks. But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not where he goes, but because that darkness has blinded his eyes. There's so many people I hear that have ought against somebody or something. I hear so much of it. And I quote the scripture to them. And you know, this is the only thing that's gonna change the world right now, is to get our moral values back, get to loving our neighbor and helping one another, looking after one another, blessing one another, and being a blessing one to the other. That's the only thing that's gonna cure the ills of this world today. Folks we've got a long ways to go. We got a lot of material to work on. 300 million alone in the United States alone needs this, to love their neighbor as their self. I'm talking about their natural neighbor, their uh, alien neighbor, whatever. Love everybody and love the Lord first, and then you will love everybody because He loved you enough first that He saved you while you were yet in your sin, and will still save you while you're yet in your sin. hmm I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. Do you know there's no other name named under heaven and earth by which you must be saved? And that name is Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him. That is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. You know, if you know Jesus, you know the Father also. Because there's a scripture that says, he that hath the Father hath the Son, and he that hath the Son hath the Father also. Providing you have the Holy Spirit within you, you have both the Father and the Son within you. They are one spirit. And John, in the front of the Bible, he said, Father, make them, meaning his converts, one as we are one, one spirit, one spirit in him. Wouldn't that be nice just to stand up and say, I know that I know God and I'm one spirit in him. I can say that today. I just said it. I am one with God. His spirit and my spirit line up. I wouldn't be afraid to die in a moment I'm not afraid of death and I'm not afraid of living. Before I was converted, I was afraid of dying and I was afraid of living. But now I have no fear whatsoever of anything because I know God is my Father and that He's within me. And as soon as I leave this body, my spirit will go to meet Him, ever to be with the Lord. Listen to this, I have written unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong. Young men, God needs you today and he wants you real bad. He wants you young women too. Don't waste your lives on adultery and fornication. Turn to the Lord now. It's your only hope and it's your only salvation in this day and time. Dope won't do you any good and all the lust of the world, it's gonna pass away. But this word, if you get it written on the tables of your mind and your heart, will go with you throughout an eternity. Now is the day of salvation because God said you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. You that haven't overcome, you can within a moment in the twinkling of an eye. All you have to do is say, Jesus, here am I. Fill me with what that preacher is talking about today. The Bible says how are they going to hear unless they have a preacher? And how is he going to preach unless he's been sent of the Lord? Well, I'm preaching it to you as one son of the Lord. I know what I'm talking about. I've experienced it now for 32 years and after 32 years I still love God. I can't see anywhere to go back to. There's nothing in this world that interests me except getting the gospel out to you dear ones out there that so dearly need it and are looking for it. I see so many young people receiving the word today and getting saved and praising the Lord in the open. So many are doing it now. It's not a fad, it's just a good thing to happen like it used to in days of old says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, Jesus once said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all things will be added unto you. Natural things will be added unto you. I have never lacked one thing since I've served the Lord in 32 years. All the natural things that I need is supplied by God and his people. It's so easy, folks. God will start blessing you like you wouldn't believe if you'll just trust him. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Now that explains television real good. It brings in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and all the other things. Well, don't lust after it. Just go on and serve God in your way according to your own personality. That's the way to do it. It says, and the world passes away and the lust thereof but he that does the will of God abides forever." Now folks, in in 2 Peter, in the the back of the Bible, you'll find where this world is going to be burned up and the elements thereof. So anything that you've got in this world that you've loved more than God is going to be burned up. Anything that you've done wrong in this world, you're going to burn for it unless you repent of it. And that's just putting it straight. There is a literal hell, I know, because I've got thousands of scripture on it. There is a literal hell, but there is a glory also. And this is what God wants you to do, join Him in glory through the hearing of the word and bringing your faith to Him. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that antichrist shall come, even now there are many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, this was written sometime, almost 1,983 years ago, folks. And they said it was the last time then. It was the last time then. That was the end of time then. Actually, the end of time, according to the Scripture, was when Jesus hanged on the cross and said, It is finished. That was the end of time. Since then, this world has been on the long suffering of God. We have been on the long suffering of God for 1983 years. It's been the long suffering of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because even here, it said it was the last time. But a day is as a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years as a day. So, folks, if we lived to be a hundred years old, we'd have less than 27 minutes to prepare ourselves to meet God in His time. Isn't that something? Think about it now, and here you can get right with God in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, by saying, Lord, here am I. Save me and fill me with your spirit. Mm -hmm. You folks that want to be baptized, you write to me. My name will be on the rolls, my address, and I'll find a pastor that will baptize you. Mm -hmm. Get you ready to meet God. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us, speaking of the Antichrist. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now, everybody that says they're a Christian is not a Christian. Don't, so don't believe everybody. But everybody that comes up to you and says, I know Jesus Christ is alive, and he's alive in my flesh today, that is a true Christian. When they come up and say, I've got Christ within my hope of glory, that's a true Christian and they can say it with the evidence thereof, like speaking in tongues and so forth. I'll minister on that later on in one of my next telecasts. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. When you get the Holy Spirit, God will teach you all things. He'll teach you very well by His Spirit. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? but he that denies that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the Christ. Anyone that denies that Jesus Christ is the Christ is a liar. In other words, they're of the devil. He is an antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. And we've got a lot of them in the world today, especially in our school systems and in our government. They are actually denying God. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. I've got both the Spirit of the Father and the Son within me. I've had him there 32 years that I know of. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son. And in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life." Now you stop and think, God promises you eternal life, perfect eternity, eternal life in His presence. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of Him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him, or remain in him. So you folks that believe in God, hold fast your belief. Hold it fast and let no man talk you out of it. Let nothing come between you and that belief in God. And now, little children, abide in him, John seems to be pleading here with these people. Abide in him, that when he shall appear, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You see, if you don't have the Spirit of God within you, you will be so ashamed at his coming that there will only be one place that you can go, and that's down or away from him. You'll be cast out because nothing unclean will enter into the kingdom of God. And shame is unclean. How many of you have ever done anything that you've been ashamed of and hated to face your parents or the person that you uh, uh, brought the shame against? Well, that's just the way you're going to feel when you stand before God if you're not ready to meet Him. This is why He sent men like me to prepare you to meet Him at His coming. And folks, He's coming soon. I believe right now the way the world has gone, it's gone past the point of return. Unless we have an old-fashioned, Nineveh-type revival, America is finished. This hemisphere is finished. There will be no return. The only thing that can happen to it is God burn it up to get rid of the shame and the sin. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. Jesus told Nicodemus, said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, a lot of people claim to be born again, but God says to be born again, you must be born again of the water, the blood, and the spirit. It's not just going out and professing that you're born again. Go to some church and say, well, I've received the Lord as my personal Savior, so I'm born again. It doesn't mean that. It means to repent, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, this is Acts 2.38, and to receive the Holy Ghost. For it says the promise is to you and to your children, even as many as afar off, as the Lord our God shall call. Folks, today is the day of salvation. There will be no other day soon for you to hear the word of God as it's written in the book through a minister that is full of love, full of joy, and full of peace. In Isaiah, Isaiah said, God's people perish for lack of knowledge. Many are perishing today because they don't even have the knowledge that you've already heard today. They don't even have the knowledge that they can repent and receive God's spirit and receive redemption for their soul and forgiveness of all sin without going through some kind of a religious ritual. Your ritual will be between you and God. You need no other man to stand between you and God. Jesus Christ is already standing there for you. Even at this hour, he's right beside you. So if you'd like to get right with the Lord, just say, Jesus, here am I, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Take me as I am and use me according to my own personality. Or just say nothing except, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. Save my soul. Fill me with thy spirit. And let me go and serve you the rest of my days on this earth while I have the time. Well, folks, I see my time is getting away. I want to ask God to bless you mightily today. I'll be praying for you. I want you to know I love each and every one of you. Now may God richly bless you and keep you is my prayer. I would like for you to pray for me because I love you very much and now is the day of salvation. I will see you on my next telecast. God bless you and goodbye for now.
1: Amen. That was our wonderful friend, Brother Bob, teaching on the first and great commandment. Now, a few minutes ago, and this is Get Your Love on Radio here on Remnant Radio 100.1 FM. A few minutes ago, you heard Brother Bob commit to helping anyone who wants to get baptized. Find the right pastor who can do so, and we make that same commitment to you here as well. He said write to him, and so you can email us, tweet, direct message, however you want to get in touch with us. The most, uh, the easiest way is just go to getyourloveon.org. There is a contact tab, and you can reach out to us there as well. Send a note on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we are, We're out there, so feel free to shoot us a note and say, I want to get baptized. Help me that's it. Those words alone will usher in that great act of God to get that accomplished. And it is so incredibly important to do so. Uh, We are here to assist anyone that wants it. So if you want more information, as he mentioned, on speaking in tongues, um, and or to understand that baptism, what it really means, Go to getyourloveon.org. All of that teaching is there. You also heard him reference a Dusty Bible. And we have this awesome song from a wonderful musician named Gabriel Bueller. You heard him here uh, last year perform live in studio. This song is called Dusty Bible, seemed appropriate. So here you go. This is going to bless you.
0: Man, I found your eyes This stop, their search for you Believing all the lies So I have a riddle here If you have the time Who has no faith He has no eyes But a dusty Bible
1: That song is called Dusty Bible by Gabriel Bueller. The whole album is called Keep Your Love On, and it is available on Spotify. It's, it is an incredible album, and as you heard, those lyrics are very, very powerful. Just Christ imploring us, I wish to love you, and you make me cry with your dusty Bible. Um, just take it off your shelf. <laughs> just let me love you. And that's, that is the truth. That is the awesome reality of how it is with God Almighty. You just, man, if it's if your Bible's dusty, don't worry about it. Take it off that shelf, dust it off, crack it open, and just allow that love, joy, and peace of God Almighty to fill our hearts and mind. I also love the lyric. It says, got a life full of regret because you always blame yourself. You know, this world sort of uh, force feeds shame and regret and pain down our throats if that's what we're looking at. And that's another reason to just stick our nose in the book, go be with the Lord, go get in our prayer closet. And we'll hear more about how to get in that prayer closet and the incredible power that uh, is unleashed in those prayer closets when we spend that time with the Lord. So what an awesome song. Again, the whole album is available on Spotify. It's called Keep your love on. And that song is, of course, the namesake of this radio show. So wonderful to get that full circle. All right. We just learned about the first and great commandment. And now we are going to learn about how Christ used precise discernment to know how to operate. You know, we're talking about how to be an active participant, how to be active in dialogue and with wisdom, standing for righteousness and leaving off contention. Mm -hmm. Christ was really good at discerning when to engage and change lives forever and when to leave off. And he often spoke in parables for this very reason, so that those who had ears to hear would understand and seek that deeper meaning from God Almighty. And those that did not have ears to hear, well, they would just not understand and kind of move on with their day. So this next message, again, this is from our wonderful friend, Brother Bob. It illustrates that Christ was our ultimate example. So we get to learn from his strength and discernment and ask for that same gift. So as you hear this message, say, Okay, Lord, show me how to apply this to my own personality for my own life. This is out of Mark 4 and 5.
2: Starting my message today, I will be... In St. Mark 4, starting the first verse. And he began to teach, speaking of Jesus, by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things but parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not enough earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Gather around you, children of the Lord, and have ears to hear today. I am here to bring you a message of love, joy and peace, and to teach you of the good things of God. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve, ask him of the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Those that are without God or without a calling. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. I see people like that today. They have eyes to see and ears to hear, but they don't perceive what I'm talking about, because they won't give up their sin, so that they can be converted and have their sins blotted out. In other words, they love the old way better than God's way, the worldly way better than God's way. And he said unto them, Know you not this parable, and know then will you know all parables? Then he said, The sore is the word. The sower soweth the word. That was the seed that the word, like I'm doing today, I'm sowing the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. In other words, some religious spirit or some sinner will come along and say, oh, you don't have to believe that man. You don't have to believe anything he's saying. He don't mean it. It doesn't mean what it says. There's no God. There's no Christ. That's the way Satan talks to the people. Or they say, well, I know that guy. He's been married probably ten times. Anything to distract or destroy people's confidence in the minister or in the word. That's one of Satan's tricks. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Oh, they're overjoyed to hear the word and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time afterward, When affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. I've seen people like that. Minister to them, have members of my church even. They'll come and stick around three or four or five months or a year, enjoy all the blessings of God. But then when a little time comes for them to stand up for what they believe, they get offended and just leave. Mm -hmm. Well, if something isn't worth standing up for, why stand for it? I believe this word is worth standing for. I've stood for it for 29 years. (laughs) I'm going to keep on. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Let's go through that, the deceitfulness of riches. Do You know, I warn all of my ministers and all of my people When God blesses you and the riches increase, don't set your heart on them because they're only temporal. I've seen hundreds of wonderful people, wonderful ministers, just drift off back into the world because when God started blessing them, they started spending their time building big buildings and big uh, TV programs and uh, prayer towers and uh, all kinds of statues and this and that, glass houses and glass churches and whatever. And I've seen them become unfruitful, didn't win anybody at all from then on. Just stand up and become great orators, and that's all. No blessing, no love, no joy, no peace, no compassion. Just building. Just went back to the natural things. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. Those that hear it will go out and tell others what good things God has done for them and bring forth fruit. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? Isn't this gospel that I'm preaching today to be put underneath of a bed somewhere or to be squelched down and hid? No. Because the Word is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I'm the Word. He said that he was the Word. He meant it that he was the Word incarnated in flesh. You couldn't hide him. He couldn't be hidden that day. He said, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad or become known. That's something. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Folks, if you have ears today, be sure you hear well and carefully, because God's talking to you. He's talking to you as an individual. He's talking to you in love and in compassion. But if you're not ready to meet him on judgment day, he won't be so nice to you. He'll say to the goats, stand on my left side. And he'll say to the sheep, stand on my right. Then he'll say to the goats, depart into everlasting torment, for I know you not. And then he'll say to the sheep, go into eternity and enjoy the great things that I have prepared for you now and forever. And he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And to you that hear, more shall be given. Even Jesus warned us to take heed what we hear. Take heed actually what you hear for your soul acknowledges everything you hear. Your mind is your soul. So take heed what you hear. If it doesn't come out of this book concerning the gospel, don't believe it. Take heed what you hear. Try everything that's said to you to see if it be of truth or to see if there's a scripture to back it up. For he that hath or has to him shall be given and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he has. I've seen people that had the idea that they were real religious But then later on, I saw that the religion didn't do them any good, and what they had was taken away from them, and they were right back worse than a sinner. A worse thing had come up on them than they had before because they wouldn't take heed what they heard. They just wanted to be religious. They just wanted to have a good time and be recognized to men for a season. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Mm Mm-hmm and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. In other words, the longer you serve the Lord, your seed, which is the word of God, or the river of life that proceeds out of your belly through your mouth, as the word grows and increases, you don't know how, but it does. And it becomes a river of life in the hereafter for you. What I've said concerning God is my river of life in the hereafter. I'll minister on that sometime later. It's another message. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. That's a type of a Christian. First, they're saved, and then they are converted, and then after that they grow up into the Lord and become a full-grown Christian in him. I'd like to tell you about something that happened to me in my early ministry. I finished a revival, so I went to visit my mother in her apartment. And she and I decided we'd have a family time in the Lord. So we began to pray. And all at once, my mother was smiling and laughing and enjoying the good things of God. The blessing was coming down on her. She could feel it. And I asked her, I said, Mom, what's going on? She said, well, the Lord's blessing me. And I looked up and I said, Lord, why don't you bless me like that? And you know what came to my mind? He said, son, you haven't served me as long as your mother has. I asked him why, and he told me. So I mentioned that to mom. and She said, well, I've served him for 30 years, and you've only been serving him for three or four. I just got out of Bible school, and I really thought I knew it all. <laughs> uh huh. I had a lot of zeal, but under not under knowledge. I had a Bible that I thought I knew inside and out, but I hadn't served God in simplicity. And you know, it was about ten or eleven years before God gave me that same kind of blessing. Mm hmm. After I'd served Him, about ten more years, I began to get those kind of blessings, and I've had them ever since. See, I grew up to the full ear. I became a full ear of corn. In other words, I became fruitful. I deserve to be blessed. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put forth a sickle because the harvest has come. In other words, it's time for the resurrection. It's time to take him out of the world. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? He said, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds in the earth. Now, mustard seed is very tiny. It's very tiny. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots up out of great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. In other words, it's like a, a faithful minister that has served God many, many years And all at once, there's this congregation, all grown up, got a full church, got a lot of people converted, and others just keep coming in, just keep flocking in. Have you ever seen ducks land on a lake for the evening? And they just keep coming. Finally, all the water, a type of the word, is just covered with ducks. (laughs) I intend to see my fellow Canadians by the thousands, just swimming in the water or the Word of God from now on. It can be so for you, and I'm going to make it possible for you. With your help and your prayers, let's take Canada for Jesus Christ. (laughs) Let's just take Canada for God, because we are still a godly nation. Do you Canadians realize that even our RCMP officers have to take an oath before God with their hand on a Bible? And did you know that our good RCMP officers and the laws of this land are of the most excellent variety anywhere in the world? That we have absolute confidence that we do have judge, a judge and justice for all, a righteous judgment here and righteous judges and righteous law enforcement officers. If they don't believe in God, they can't even as much as take the training it's a type of God's blessing. So give honor from now on where honors due. For without our own law enforcement agencies, that's all that stands between this country and anarchy. Jesus preached it here. It says, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. Mm-hmm. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. He spoke parables to the people that weren't able to hear him. But to his disciples, he explained his parables. And the same day, when the evening came, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat the ship so that it was now full. In other words, the waves came over the side and filled the ship with water. And he was asleep in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest not thou that we perish? In other words, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Well, they were a little narrow-minded right there. They got their mind in the natural. And they said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Well, if the ship sank, he was on the same boat, he would have perished too. He didn't think about that. <laughs> Something how the human race thinks, isn't it? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You know, folks, let me give you a little mystery. God will do the same thing for you. You let your mind get going 50 miles faster than your body can keep up. <laughs> you get to worrying about this and worry about that. Just stop. Go in your bedroom or go where you can be alone or wherever you are and say, Lord, I speak peace in your name, Jesus. I'll guarantee it'll come to you. You have that same power. Use it. Now that you've got the knowledge how to use it, start using it. When your children get to bothering you or get too loud, just say, all right, children, come here. I'm speaking peace unto you. Now be still for a while. And you'll be surprised how things will change in your life. Every once in a while, I'll get a load of things on my mind and I'll just go out to my barn and saddle one of my horses, ride off a little ways and say, now, Lord, you take care of it and bring peace to my soul. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just go down into my basement or into my cellar and talk to God for a while, say, "Now, Lord, bring the peace to my soul. And then I'm ready to go again. It's just that easy. So simple. Jesus just said, peace, be still. And a great sea calmed itself. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? <laughs> Well, possibly they hadn't heard enough word yet because faith comes by hearing the word. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, if the wind and the sea obey Jesus, why can't your trivial little things that you endure every day obey his voice through you? All you have to do is speak it And as long as you don't say anything, you're not going to get anything done. Even Einstein's theory will teach you that. Every action has a reaction. Every message that I broadcast on television has a reaction. And I mean, I've been getting some reactions. (laughs) So that's proof that it's great and that it's real and it's true, because it gets reaction. Most of it exceedingly good. I like that. Of course, there's a few uh, well, you know what I mean, out there that don't believe. There's always going to be a fly in the ointment, in other words, or there'll be a bad apple in the barrel. And they feared exceedingly, said everything obeys him. Well, the fear of the God is the beginning of wisdom. If you'll start fearing the Lord, then your blessings will come and your peace will come very quickly. And they came over unto the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he's come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not even with chains. But that was he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder or broken by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. He had quite a devil, didn't he? And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. In other words, wailing in the natural and abusing himself. But when he saw Jesus, afar off he ran and worshipped him. He also had a religious spirit and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee, by God, that thou torment me not. You see, he had a religious spirit. He knew who Jesus was. And he said, I try, I'll cast you out in the name of God. He tried to cast Jesus Christ out, the Son of God, in the name of God the Father. But it was just a religious spirit. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. I've seen people like this and I've seen them delivered. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. The devil besought him not to send them out of the country. I know through these telecasts many legions of demons are leaving this territory, and I command them to go because I don't want them around me anymore. don't want them bothering. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and their herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea." You see, even the pigs couldn't even stand the devil. Yet the human race will stand the devil wherever they are. They'll smoke his incense, they'll drink his booze, they'll commit adultery, they'll feast on the filth of the world, dirty movies, whatever. But even the swine can't even stand those kind of spirits. <laughs> and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to the to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. If you want to see how many crazy people there are in the world today, just look around how about how many go around naked. It takes a devil to make you strip off and go naked. Yes, it does. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you beach party folk, mostly, or whatever. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that he was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart of the coast. They'd rather had the devil to possess man, their swine rather, than to see the devil to possess man converted and delivered. They'd rather had their swine. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to your friends, and tell them what great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath compassion on you. Jesus never did tell people to leave their churches or leave their congregations. He always told them, Go tell what good things God has done for you or He would say, follow me, made it an individual walk to them, toward him and with him. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. It said, all men marvel. Did you know Jesus is the same marvel today? He's the same miracle worker today. He can can deliver you from your demons or from the spirits that have you bound. All you have to do is say, Lord, here am I, deliver me. All you have to be is sincere about it. He'll deliver you. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And there comes one of the rulers, Jairus by name, and he said to him, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come thee, and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And he said, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed and thronged him. But then he met another needy person, a woman that had an issue of blood. Twelve years. And he just stopped and healed her. I won't read the rest of it. It's quite lengthy here. You can read the rest of it in the fifth chapter of St. Mark from the 25th verse on. Get your own King James Version of the Bible out. Read it and study it for yourself it's certainly been good to be with you here again today i sure love you people and it's just blessing my soul through the response that i've been getting from you keep your salvation between you and god is my prayer for you god bless
1: and there was brother bob here on get your love on radio and he always taught that. Final uh, exhortation, he always taught each of us to get the salvation of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for ourselves, be filled with the Holy Spirit, walk in that every day, and then see what the Lord does with the rest of our lives. And then see how he brings forth family members and friends and loved ones And just blossoms our life into a beautiful testimony of the grace and power of Jesus Christ and knowing God Almighty personally. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, My name is Julie Bueller. This is Get Your Love on Radio here on Remnant Radio 100.1. Earlier in the show, I quoted from memory. James 1, verse 27, talking about the fact that God is not religious. He's not impressed with religiosity. In fact, he hates it. And you heard how Brother Bob mentioned that the, there was a religious spirit woven into that legion of spirits that that man um, needed to be delivered from. And so the religious spirit is very, very, uh, well, there, there's a lot of teaching on it, but mainly it's mean. It's vicious, and it twists the Word of God. Uh, So that's why there's been so much, so many errors and issues through human history in the name of, quote, religion. Well, (laughs) here's what the Word says about religion. It's James 1, verse 27. It says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world, which means to walk in that perfection in the Holy Spirit and to see the needs of the fatherless and the widows, those that don't have God Almighty in their hearts, those that aren't the bride of Christ, to see those needs and to visit them in their affliction, to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, that good news that he is alive and well and a rushing mighty wind across this land, changing lives forever. So we love to teach about that here on Get Your Love On. And we have an awesome series of on our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is Get Your Love On. So if you go to YouTube and you search Get Your Love On, and then you can also search Sermon on the Mount. We have a wonderful friend. His name's Corey, an incredible minister of the word. Who uh, studied out the Sermon on the Mount? And this isn't really taught much nowadays, um, but it's so rich in meaning. And so, if you're enjoying this show and this precise teaching, we have a whole series on YouTube, and it's based again on Christ's Sermon on the Mount. There's now 31 parts. Each is about 10 to 15 minutes long, and it's packed with the incredible knowledge of Jesus Christ and how we can apply it to our own lives. So I wanted to offer you the latest version that is up right now. It's part 31, how we can talk directly to God. And really, that's what prayer is, is talking to God. And in this latest Sermon on the Mount episode, it helps us understand the simplicity of prayer and the power of of praying in faith. So here is our wonderful episode 31. Go back and review episodes 1 through 30 if you haven't had a chance to listen to them. Take some time and do that. Uh, It is well worth it. But here is episode 31 from the Sermon on the Mount YouTube series. When we are in our prayer closet, I mean, the more time we
3: can spend there, the better because we're having that more and more interaction with the Lord. But we're praying for something we don't have to make a big show we don't have to make it overly long what is important in our prayers is that we pray directly to god by the moving of the holy ghost and we pray in faith let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That's James 1, verses 6 and 7. It's very clear here. We, we pray in faith, we believe, and we trust God to perform what we've prayed for. The thing about where we are going through this life is that God's concept of time is very different from our own. So there may be times where we have to let time pass before we see the man, full manifestation of our prayers. But we believe it when that utterance goes out of our mouth. We believe it that it's done. And we just wait for God to perform it. We believe it now. Now, here in Matthew 6, Jesus gave us the example of how to pray and what to pray for. Gave us what we know as the Lord's Prayer. I'll recite it here, starting in verse 9. It says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So that's the Lord's Prayer. Now, note that this prayer is it's pretty general, but it's also complete. It's a very broad covering. And it covers all the bases, but it's not super specific. Why? Well, the first thing the Lord said here, He said, After this manner we pray. In other words, in this way or likewise. In other words, this is the example to follow. This is the template for our own prayers not the exact words for us to recite repetitively really a lot of his ministry while he was here on earth was to give that example for us to follow there's our template the lord's prayer so let's go through it he starts off our father which art in heaven in other words this is who we pray to and no other and we recognize where god is relative to this plane of existence He's far above all this. And heaven here is used as a measure of time and space. It's not the visible arch of the sky. He's actually far beyond that, above anywhere man could reach. So we pray to God. And then he says, hallowed be thy name. This was kind of interesting when I studied this out. The word hallowed in the Greek, it does not mean your name is holy, like we would think it does. Rather, what it means is your name makes holy There's a little bit of a distinction there so the name of God makes us holy and that's the first statement in this prayer that's addressed to God and that's something we're to always remember and recognize when we're praying is that it's the name of God written in us that makes us holy not us ourselves of our own righteousness so we're always to keep that in mind Scripture to back that up is in Revelation 14.1. It says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. That's us, the saints that John the Revelator was seeing. The name of God written in our foreheads. And guess what? Every spirit out there sees that written in our foreheads. That's why when we run into people, they'll either automatically love us or hate us, depending on what spirit is in them. The next line of the prayer here says, thy kingdom come. So here, we are to pray for the supreme authority of God to rule in our lives, in our homes, in our cities, in our countries, in our souls, and globally. That's one of the purposes of our prayers, for the authority of God to rule. The thing about God ruling over everything, he does. But when we're praying with him, we're having that interaction with him. He looks at us and he says, okay, because you've asked, I will move. If we don't ask, then he's just gonna keep doing what he's doing. It is the appointment of God on, on that. This is how we pray. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2. So we pray for the authority of God, for even our natural leadership and our natural government. We can also pray for the authority of God in a spiritual sense. Jesus said this, If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is, present tense, come unto you. That's Matthew 12, verse 28. So we cast out devils by our prayers. We can cast them out of people. We can cast them out of cities. Cast them out of churches. Cast them out of houses. Cast them out of our natural job. If there's there's a devil at our natural job, that's antagonizing the Spirit of the Lord in us, we can pray them out. And I've done that before. I didn't have to lift a finger or say one word to uh, antagonize that person. Didn't have to do anything. I just took it to the Lord, and the angel of the Lord chased them out, or moved them out, or whatever. God took care of it. That's the kingdom of God been manifested on earth. That devil's been removed. So that's one way of looking at it. Really, that is what it means, when thy kingdom come kingdom of God is here now on earth in us. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, the, the first man, Adam, he was formed of the dust of the ground when God made him. So earth is a figure for the natural flesh or the natural body that we're in. And by extension, it's also a figure for this natural life that we go through in this world that's the earth. And when it says thy will be done in earth, Paul wrote this. He said, "I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should be a castaway." That's 1 Corinthians 9:27. So in other words, we can pray for our flesh to be in subjection to the spirit. We can pray for others that their flesh be in subjection to the Spirit. Because what's in subjection into the Spirit is under the will of God, and God's will is being done. Now, heaven is a figure for the spiritual realm, over which God has supreme power and authority. So, when we pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we're also to pray for God to show us how he wants us to take every step through this life and how he wants us to carry out his will in it jesus said this verily i say unto you whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven god's will is done in the spiritual realm and we pray for his will to be done here in the natural realm that we're walking through as well and what jesus said here in matthew 18 The spiritual works that we do here in the natural life, they're done in that spiritual realm. It's not just the flesh and blood and everything else that we handle. It's the spiritual works that we do in the spiritual realm as we walk through this life. There's a link between the two. So here's part of those works I'm talking about. This is what the instruction the Lord gave to his disciples. He said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's Matthew 10, verse 8. Now, in doing all those things, those are spiritual works. You can't lay hands on the sick and have them recovered by a natural work. It's a spiritual work. Again, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils. Those are spiritual works. But it's done while we're here in this natural realm. We're loosing things here on earth, and it's being done in the spirit as well. We loose the people from diseases, sickness, naturally, but that's a spiritual work. We bind devils to hell, calling them out, and whatever whatever we're here doing in this life, but that's a spiritual work that's accomplished in the spiritual realm when those things are cast down. Like I said, there's a link between what we do here and what happens in the spiritual realm. And it's the spiritual realm that God is concerned with, what he looks at. Our purpose as Christians, in a nutshell, it's to carry out the will of God here on earth. That's why we keep ourselves clean and holy.
1: That is episode 31 on our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com, get your love on, and search for that incredible teaching, that Sermon on the Mount. And as you heard, there is awesome teaching that can revolutionize lives Fact. If you want the strength of God in your life, if you want to walk with great confidence, knowing that God Almighty, the God of all creation, of all eternity, is backing you up one hundred percent of the time, I'll tell you that teaching will just build up your faith and just give you that understanding. So thank you so much for being here today. You know, I love I love how Corey explains praying in faith and that scripture to pray, nothing wavering. And sometimes when we ask God to do things and we have our prayers, we have to look for God's answer to those prayers. And I'll give you a personal example in the last couple minutes of this show. It just happened to me uh, early last year. I wrote down a very personal prayer before God Almighty. And I prayed, I wrote it down in the name of Jesus Christ in Nazareth. I ask this, Lord, I want this accomplished by such and such date. Well, the next day God answered that prayer. He did. I wasn't looking for that particular answer, though. So the next day I wasn't rejoicing in God answering the prayer. In fact, the deadline that I put on that piece of paper came and went. And I reflected on that. And I I said, well, Lord, I know you answered that prayer because I asked it, nothing wavering. And I asked it in the name of Jesus Christ in Nazareth. And I know my word. So I know you answered that prayer. So I went back and started looking for God's victory. I went back and I started looking, knowing, walking in faith, knowing that God answered that prayer. And then I found my answer. <laughs> he had answered it the very next day. I didn't even have to wait for my deadline, which was like, I don't know, a couple of weeks down the road. And I had a specific reason for creating that deadline. Oh, yeah, I had the whole thing worked out in my mind. <laughs> God answered it the next day. So as we walk in faith, let's know that God is answering our prayers. Let's expect those answers to be revealed to us. And if it's not happening the way you think it should happen, take a step back and say, Well, Lord, I know you've answered these prayers. I know there's a solution here. Let me go find it in you, through you, through your wisdom and your knowledge. And a lot of times if you just open your word, Boom! The answer is right there. The scripture just pops off the page. That's again another wonderful aspect of walking in faith is is using the word of God to um, instruct us every single day of our life. Well, this show has been packed, and um, so grateful that you could be here for it. But it, it has been packed. It's a lot of word. If you'd like to go back and review, of course, the podcast is available anytime you need it at getyourloveon.org and wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and what have you. We encourage you to go to the website and read the Bible studies, avail yourself of that knowledge and all that wonderful instruction. Thank you so much for being here since we spent the last two hours getting our love on. Let's make sure we keep our love on. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, Lord bless your week and Man, walk forward in great confidence and victory in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We love you so much.
0: Oh, woman who is so down, try. keep your love on, on. Sons and daughters, sons and daughters of the one true God, keep your love on.